How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. If you are a newer teacher business owner, you've been thinking about starting your TPT store or maybe doing something like hosting a workshop or even a mini course, if you're wondering how you can pick your niche, how you can figure out where you can show up to talk about your passion topic in the online space, this is the episode for you. Steven is walking us through his business story from start to, I won't say finished because he's definitely not finished, but he's going to talk to us about how he went from being the kind of TPT seller who we can probably all relate to, who sold just his resources that he made for his own classroom, to turning it into something that he's really passionate about, finding his niche topic after a little bit of trial and error, and launching a workshop to a small audience when he really felt not quite ready and jumped anyway, even though he was scared because he knew it was going to help teachers and students through this remote learning experience. And so Steven's going to share his story with us today. I think you are going to love what he says about just taking the leap and putting your idea out there. So if you've been thinking about your niche, thinking about getting started, wondering about how a workshop would go, this is definitely an episode you'll want to tune in for. Okay, I am here with Stephen Book, and he is from One for the Books, and he's going to talk to us all about his business and how he kind of got started with pixel art, which is the newest thing. If you haven't heard of it, you're going to be definitely intrigued by the end of this episode. So Stephen, can you tell us about you and your business journey, kind of how you got here? Hey, Alyssa. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. A little bit about myself. I am a husband and a very proud father of our little guy who is going to be 17 months here in the next couple of days. And as a teacher, I've been teaching sixth grade math now for this is my 11th year. As far as my business journey and kind of how I got started with my teacher business and teacher side hustle is actually from my students. I got a couple different notes from students, like handwritten notes from former students from previous years that came down like around Christmas time or at the beginning of the school year. And just some of the different things that they said to me, I realized at that point, like, hey, I might not be the best teacher out there, but I have a lot to offer and I need to put myself out into uh, the greater world and get some of my resources out there to other teachers and other students. It turned into just a creative outlet for me. Then it continued as my wife and I had our first child. It became a financial necessity because I actually have another side business that takes me away from our family uh, in the afternoon and on the weekends. I actually work usually from like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And that 
isn't something that I want to continue to do. So I was hoping that this would move into that place. So that's kind of how I got started and uh, why I'm on this particular journey. That's so such a great story because I remember when you first messaged me before you joined Teacher House University, Stephen is a member of THU, and you said, do you, tell me honestly, I'll never forget this. You said, tell me honestly, and this is somebody I don't know at all, right? And he's like, tell me honestly, can I make the same amount of money that I'm making in my other side hustle, selling my resources online? And I thought, oh boy, you know, here's this dad with a young child and can I promise him he can do it? But I think I said, you can do it. You just got to, you know, follow follow this advice and you will do it. And here you are. So tell us how it it was kind of a journey for you to figure out that your niche would be pixel art. And I know a lot of the listeners probably don't know what that is. So can you start by just kind of explaining what your niche is? And then I would love to hear how you kind of arrived there. Sure. So pixel art resources, I wouldn't say that pixel art itself is actually my niche, but that's what people know the most from Google Sheets resources. So pixel art, if you've never heard of it before, it's exactly what it sounds like. Think of digital art from old school, like Nintendo or Atari or something like that, where it's made up of all these different cells. When you talk about pixel art for students, you're talking about a resource that magically reveals the image as students type in the correct answer. So for example, let's say there's a set of 10 questions. When the student answers the first question, some of the pixels of the image appear and they're just cells in Google Sheet. As the students answer all the questions correctly, the whole image uh, appears. So I kind of stumbled into that part of my niche and my journey. I've been all over the place, to be honest with you. I started out making just things for my own classroom. I thought I, I took the ideas that I had from my classroom resources and things that worked really well. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is the kid's favorite lesson every year. I'm going to sell a whole bunch of these. And everybody knows that, like that's not the case because what works for you doesn't necessarily work uh, in other classrooms. And so I tried that. And then I really focused on math projects for a long time. I was just all over the place. I did a math workbook at one point, a publishing company reached out to me to write a book. It never ended up getting published. I don't know if it will get published. Uh, they actually did like a K through eight series and the whole series is on hold right now. Uh, so I was kind of all over the place and didn't, didn't really feel like I found what I wanted to do in the online space. I knew what I could do with my students and how I could help them, but I wasn't sure how to push that forward uh, into the online space until this year when, and pixel art has been around for a couple years now. I think it's been around for at least like four or five years, but it got really popular this year because teachers need self-checking resources. Mm -hmm. That aspect of it is what made me gravitate towards it. And then also the challenge of it is where I was really like, okay, this is interesting to me. What else can I do with Google Sheets? So that's kind of how I landed on that as my niche. I took the idea of pixel art and I just asked myself, okay, Google Sheets is really powerful. For a lot of teachers, Google Sheets is really scary. What else can we make it do? How do you describe your niche? 
if you were going to tell somebody what you do, quiz time, sorry to put you on the spot, but if you were going to describe it, is it more Google Sheets and what you can do and the possibilities of Google Sheets? Yeah, I would definitely say that my niche uh, encompasses pixel art, but that's only one aspect or one component. The main thing that I I do, I create, and I help teachers create is engaging self-checking resources utilizing Google Sheets. Okay, so we're taking this, um, you know, like out of the Google Apps, Google Sheets, it's the one where all the teacher business owners are probably familiar with it. They use it to chart their data. They use it to keep track of sales and their purchases and all that kind of stuff. But they're not using it to create student resources. Or if they are, they're just making pixel art. So my focus is on taking that and just kind of seeing what else can we do with it and getting teachers to think outside the box with it. Um, but teaching them the basics of the different formulas and aspects of it to take that next step to make an engaging, for example, two-player game. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I know Google Sheets can be intimidating. If people aren't familiar with Google Sheets, they probably are familiar with Excel and they're probably terrified when we talk about that, right? (laughs) Because it's formulas and feels very much like just scary, as you said. But what other, what other resources can you make? You said a two player game. What else? So I'll, I'll hit on that one for a little bit with pixel art. I'll go back to that one because a lot of teachers know about it. To create the pixel art, you use what's called conditional formatting. So to give you an idea of like a teacher business, what you would do, maybe you would be keeping track of your sales. And if your sales hit below a certain number, you would want the that row of the sheet to highlight in red, for example. So that's what's actually used to create pixel art. But you can take some of those ideas and some of those formulas and apply them to different things as well. So instead of having, for example, just a color come up whenever something whenever a student types in the right answer, you could have, for example, an emoji pop up, or you could have a word or a phrase pop up just using that same concept or same idea. And then to create more like a two-player game, what you would do is you would go into what's called the data validation. And basically data validation just has it checked to see if different things are occurring. So you can have it so that you can only type something into a cell or only type in certain stuff into a cell. But there are ways where you can set it so that you can only type into a cell compared to another cell. For example, if student A answers question one and student A gets that question right, student B would no longer be able to access that question or answer that question. So that's kind of something that you could do with the two-player game aspect. Something else that teachers don't realize, you have this You have this blank canvas of self-checking. You can make it self-check anything. For example, you can make a maze. I know a lot of math teachers are familiar with the mazes where, you know, like top left corner, it just says start here and you solve the first problem. And then you have, let's say, three or four choices. And then it takes you to the next problem. And then you have four or five choices to get to the next. Uh, You can actually create a self-checking maze using Google Sheets with different formulas and conditional formatting. And it doesn't have to be just math, right? It could be, the questions could be from any discipline. 
Correct. I've actually kept in touch with somebody who took one of my workshops and she's creating right now she's working on a spelling quiz uh, template for teachers. It's awesome for spelling because unlike Google Docs or Google Slides, the words, when you type in the words, it doesn't highlight right away uh, the misspelled words or grammar and different punctuation and stuff like that. You, you can go in and check spelling and stuff like that. So I wouldn't recommend it for older students because there is a spell check. You have to go through a couple different steps to get there. Uh, she's using it as like a quiz. So then the teacher on the back end, there's another sheet that you just go in and you click a button and it goes in and grades the uh, test for the teacher. Lots of different ways and creative ways for self-checking. I love that. So one thing that we talk about in THU a lot is that when you do settle on a niche, you should pick kind of go ahead and talk about your stance on something. Is there something that makes your viewpoint unique or different about your niche? And I want to know for you, what is that? What is your unique viewpoint or stance on what's happening in your niche? So as far as like creating self-checking resources and self-checking games or things along that line, uh, you always talk about your unpopular opinion and that it's important that we we kind of just put that out into the world. My unpopular opinion kind of goes with why I'm creating what I'm creating. And I love doing different games and activities with my students, but too often things like Kahoot uh, Gimkit, Bluekit, Quizzes, all those like big name, awesome companies that are doing great things with creating these engaging games for students. Almost all of them require students to do things quickly. And as a teacher, I just, I can't wrap my head around why we're forcing students to be the first to answer instead of encouraging students to have the correct answer or even beyond that, thinking outside the box and expanding on their answers. So what I'm trying to do with some of my resources, especially with like my self-checking mazes and two-player games and different stuff like that, is create something that students feel like they're having fun and playing a game, but they don't feel like they have to race the student that they're playing against. So what I do with my games in particular is I have them set up so that the same student can't answer the same question, but the students, they go through and they pick a question, they answer it, and then they're awarded points, for example, or in the one game they dig for gold. After they get those points or get that gold, the next student goes. There's no need for speed. There's no need to hurry up and get an answer. The students are actually focused on, okay, let me formulate the correct answer for this um, as far as it goes with self-checking practice or something like that. So that's kind of my unpopular opinion. The, some of those games are awesome. And, and I have to take my hat off to Blue Kit uh, because they do have a couple games that are not based on speed. But although those games are super engaging for students, your lower students are not enjoying them the best that they could. Whereas if they had something that wasn't speed related, they may start to enjoy things a little bit more. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. I I am not a fast responder and I never was in school and I would never have won a Kahoot ever because I have to sit and process and think through my answer before I say it out loud. And so I love that you've considered that in creating these resources and and given students a fair chance to still, like you said, enjoy it as a game, 
but not feel like they're racing the clock. We've all had that student who, who given a time test completely freezes up. I can't imagine that a game would be much fun if it had a timer on it for that student either. So I love that. And I think you could add a so that to the end of your, you said your niche was creating engaging self-checking resources in Google Sheets so that they can feel the fun of a game without racing to be the first that's done. I feel like you should add that little line to your brand handshake. Uh, am I going to have to, I'm going to have to pay you for that tagline. That's <laughs> a little free business coaching that you didn't ask for. So <laughs> write it down. I love that. I love that stance. And it also shows how important it is to share your unpopular opinion because it probably is really popular. It's just that nobody's talking about it and nobody's thinking outside the box. So I love that. Sure. And I, I love your idea with adding that on there. Um, and actually some of the feedback that I've gotten on the games, teachers say things like this met all of my students. And right. for me to hear that, that's just like, whoa. That's the big difference too. And that's what's going to make your niche really memorable for people is knowing that that purpose is there too. I, I really love that. So I want to hear about your workshops, what they are and what you teach inside and then kind of how you landed on this model. Okay. So as far as the workshops right now, I offer two different workshops. They were live workshops originally, and now um, I'm selling the replays, but it was how to create pixel art using a template. A lot of teachers are spending a lot of time on creating pixel art because to do it the way that most teachers are doing it, they go in and they code with the conditional formatting every single time for every single image. Now, there are teachers that they're way smarter than me with Google Sheets. They actually know coding. Like if you know JavaScript or maybe you're, you're into VBA uh, with Excel, they can actually create it on the back end. They have a much more efficient way, but I stumbled upon a more efficient way to create pixel art. Uh, by creating a template, and then you just copy and paste the formatting right over top of your image. Uh, so you don't actually sit and conditionally format every time. You do a white overlay once, and then and then you just copy and paste that time and time again. So it saves a ton of time for creating the pixel art. So that's what my first workshop was on. It was just how to create pixel art using a template to save some time. It does have some restrictions. If you're creating an image that's over a thousand cells, it's not something that you would want to do because um, I've done a couple different tests with it and the sheet isn't able to process fast enough. So the students get a quick glimpse of the image. That's like kind of one of the downfalls of using a template like that, but otherwise uh, it saves a ton of time. So that was the first workshop that I offered, but I also offered kind of an upgrade to the workshop and I had no clue what that workshop was going to be. I had no idea where I was going to go with it. I didn't even have any topics written out. I just put it up for sale. And I said, if you want commercial licensing access to my templates that I already created uh, that came with the workshop, if you want to be able to use those commercially, you could upgrade and then there would be an additional workshop. So those are those are kind of the two workshops that I have. And then that workshop ended up being how to create some of these other things. Like, for example, how to create the two-player game, how to use data validation, how to, how to have a self-scoring game, uh, things like that. 
I think it's so cool that you landed on this business model of a workshop. And I know some listeners might be wondering, like, what does that look like from a business perspective? Tell us a little bit about how you kind of set this up. What was the timing? How long was it? What did you need to do when you got there? Is there anything if somebody's listening that they, if they are thinking, oh, a workshop, I think I could do that. Can you just kind of run us through what that looks like? Yeah. So if I had to make a recommendation to anybody, you know, that was interested in potentially doing a course or doing a membership or something like that, and they wanted to almost do like a trial run, I say a workshop is just an awesome, easy way to do something like that. Now I say easy, I don't mean easy because I sunk a ton of time into creating all the resources and mapping everything out for the workshops. But as far as like building out like you don't have to have a Kajabi or somewhere to to keep all this stuff. I actually, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't even have the idea to do a workshop until the THU show up and glow up. Uh, you were just like spitting off these different ideas for the, it was for the Black Friday um, yeah. deals week. And you were just like spitting out these different ideas. Like you could offer this, you could offer this, you could offer this. And when you said workshop, I was like, I can do a workshop. I I don't have anything ready for it, but I can do a workshop. So as far as the timeline goes, I think the T- I think the THU show up and glow up for Black Friday, I believe that was at the beginning of November. Yep. And then I had it all up and running and ready to go on sale the week of Black Friday. Wow. So I would say if you're thinking about doing a workshop, it's definitely something that is within reach and just just go for it. Um, even, even just the concept and the idea of, as far as like your, uh, revenue, for example, because you, you talked about different things in THU about having like the mindset of generating more revenue and, and thinking at it from a aspect of, okay, well, how much money do you want to make? Uh, or what do you, you know, what is your goal? So as far as that goes, you know, this, but the listeners don't know this, they're probably going to be surprised. I, didn't even have an email list for this new niche that I was claiming for myself. And I just threw out this idea that I was offering a workshop. Uh, I had no details. I threw a landing page together. I had absolutely no offer. It was just, hey, I'm offering this. Come sign up to get information. And I got 200 people uh, signed up just from me posting a landing page that didn't have any opt-in or anything. And then I just nurtured them from there. And as far as like the revenue generated, I would have had to sell about two Teachers Pay Teachers products to all 200 of the members to to recuperate what I made just from the workshops alone. Wow. So to recap, you started with you got the idea. So our show up and glow ups to clarify, if anybody doesn't know, these are, we just started doing these actually monthly workshops inside teacher hustle university where I I'll teach on something. And then we have a little time to like think through implement and answer questions. And then like, off you go. And <laughs> here you go, go to it. And the black Friday show up and glow up. We were talking about different offers that you could kind of test out during black Friday week. And what I love about what you said is that I didn't have anything ready, but I don't have anything ready, but I can do this. And that's like the type of attitude that is that works because you have to be willing to put things out there, even though they're not perfect. You have to be willing 
to test and try out and just ask people, are, is if I put this together, would you sign up? Would you be interested? And that's what you did. You put a landing page together and then you went where? To your Instagram? Like how many followers would you say you had at that point on Instagram when you put out that landing page that said, hey, I have this idea. Do you want to sign up? My Instagram is laughable. Um, I've, I had very few followers. I still have very few followers. Um, I actually, I posted in a Facebook group that I was Ah, in that, uh you know, it was, it was one of those groups where they're, they don't really like self-promotion stuff, but they're okay with some things like just depending on how you word them and that kind of stuff. And I had reached out to the, the admin of the group about something else previously. So I had engaged with him so that's where I got a decent amount of this is subscribers from, I believe. But I do know for sure that my Instagram did reach a couple people because I, there were actually whenever I turned on, you know, like whenever I started the workshop, there was a familiar face or two that I didn't realize had even known about what I was doing. But they follow me on Instagram and I've casually talked to them in the past. I see. I love that that story because I think there are so many listeners who are like, well, first, but first, before I do something like a workshop, first, I need to get to, you know, 5,000 followers or first, before I put myself in a Facebook group, I have to build this whole workshop out and make sure it's perfect. You only need an idea and a landing page for those of you who are wondering is simply like you can create that either on your website or on your email service provider. It's just a page that's that talks through the idea a little bit. You've probably seen them. And then you put in your name and your email address that says, yeah, I want to find out more. So then you had 200 people that said, yes, I want to find out more. And what were you thinking at that point? Uh, at that point, I was just thinking, okay, uh, how can I convert at least some of these people to be interested in purchasing this idea? Because I didn't say it was a free workshop. I didn't say it was a paid workshop. So, you know, there were some people that were thinking that it was a free workshop. And as soon as I told them that it was a paid workshop, they left or whatever. But I just kind of tried to take some of your advice from THU and I took uh, two of your like the done for you content emails. And I tweaked those and I put those into the series of emails that went out. I sent out a couple examples of things that I've created using the model that I use and just went from there. But I do have to say that you have to just keep talking about it. Uh, Alyssa says this all the time and you have to keep showing up and mm-hmm. keep talking about it. They didn't see it every time you talked about it. They didn't hear it the first time. So just make sure that you're getting out there um, and talking about it. And a workshop is definitely something that you, you don't have to have a lot of subscribers. You have to have a small group of those people who are interested. You don't have to have this huge reach. Yeah. And even getting scrappy is something we talk about a lot too. And I love that you went and spoke with the admin of the Facebook group. That's kind of scary because I mean, they could say no, they could remove you from the group. I mean, you would obviously ask permission first, but even putting yourself out there to a space like that and just even asking if you could put it out there is kind of a big deal. It's just about getting visible and putting yourself out there in ways. If, if it makes you a little bit nervous, you should probably do it. Like if, if it scares you a little, it's probably the thing you need to do, right? So doing a series of those things is the smartest thing that you can do for your business when you have an idea like this is to kind of get it out in front of people over and over 
Um, because yeah, just like you said, they're not seeing everything we say. Nobody is sitting on the other side of their computer saying, oh, wow, that's Stephen. He's talking about his workshop again. That's annoying. I've seen that 10 times today. <laughs> you know, they don't even notice that maybe 2% of what we put out, people actually see and consume. So yeah, just keep talking about it. Can you tell us about the results, what your workshop, you know, how many people signed up, what that looked like? So I don't have that exact number written down, but I had, let's say I had, I think I had about 15 total sign up for the live workshop. And then some of them couldn't make it, you know, caught the replay. Um, And then I've had a couple of people purchase the replay as well uh, that was posted after. And to kind of hit on what you were saying, Alyssa, as far as like getting out there and doing something scary a workshop has to be one of the least scary as well, because you don't really need anything. Um, I was worried about coming at it from the aspect of, uh, I only really sell on TPT. They take care of the taxes. They do this, they do that. So it was really simple to set up. I actually, I just set up an offer through Square uh, that worked through my email provider. Uh, You could set it up through PayPal or Square. And it was super simple as far as like collecting money uh, from people signing up. So that was something that scared me. And I would say if you're even thinking about doing a workshop, don't let something like that scare you. Just go for it. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's not going to be so easy. If it were if it were so easy and there weren't any scary parts about it, then everybody would do it. But there are some scary things. There are some hard things. There's a little bit of tech to get through. Um, but yeah, you have to push yourself through that to get those results. And now you have a workshop that you can teach again, sell the replay, grow, you know, your um, resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. You have this niche that you're just leaning into more and more, and I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Um, And a lot of people push back on the workshop idea because they're like, well, it's live, and I really don't know if I'm ready to go live. What would you say to somebody that was nervous about teaching it live? If you're a teacher right now in 2020 or 2021, uh, it's no scarier than just going live with your students. You have to realize, like most teachers are probably realizing that when you're teaching your students, there's parents listening, there's grandparents listening, there's, you know, like there's, there's constantly these eyes and ears on us now more than there ever has been. I've even had parents literally sitting on the couch next to my students while I'm teaching. If you can get over that aspect of of watching your students' parents watching you, then you can get over the idea of doing a workshop that's live. Because re- and realistically, for the most part, it's a bunch of strangers. Uh, and if you're worried about it, one thing that did help me out a lot, I asked the assistant principal. She, she used to be the assistant principal. She's now the head principal at our school. Uh, she used to be the other sixth grade math teacher at my school. So I have a pretty close relationship with her. And I reached out to her and I said, hey, I'm doing this workshop. Would you be interested and willing to join uh, and just come along and watch? So ask somebody in your inner circle that you trust, that you know, you know, that would put you at ease. That would be my recommendation for that to calm the nerves a little bit. I love that. I always write down the name of someone who I know would really benefit from the thing, even if I'm going live on Facebook or wherever. 
I have to write down the name of one person that I know would love what I'm about to teach. And it just helps me focus anytime I start to get nervous or I get imposter syndrome or you know any of that comes up. I just look back at that name and then it kind of grounds me. I'm like, oh, I'm just teaching you know this one person. And then it brings you back. But it's doable. And that's what I love about Stephen's story is just from the beginning. He came into this not that long ago. How long ago did you start your online business? So I started my Teachers Pay Teachers store back in, it was February two years ago. So we're coming right up on my two-year anniversary. Um, And I I pretty much started it with the intent that this was just going to be a way to bring in some side money, no clue what it's going to be, what it's going to look like. And then I just like took a couple of different courses and classes along the way to learn more and find out, just make sure I was doing things the right way. And then I just joined THU back before this school year started is when I joined THU and tried to start taking things a little bit more seriously. And I hadn't landed on my niche until probably about three months ago. I feel like I kind of worked out this niche for myself that I want to tackle. And to be honest with you, up until this year, I had never used Google Sheets as a teaching resource ever until this year. So your niche can come out of nowhere. And then when it does, it's like the green light and everything is good to go. Doesn't it make content creation easier, product creation easier? It's like the fog has lifted as soon as you hit that. But you never would have gotten to that niche had you not taken some steps. Like you invested in Teacher Hustle University before you had a clear idea of where you were going. So that had to be a little scary too. It's in taking these, these small steps that you're unsure about where they're leading you that leads you to the thing that you needed to get to. Sure. And I would say you don't even have to have your niche to do a workshop. Before I did the workshop, I wouldn't have said that that was my niche. I I would have just said like, hey, I think I can do a workshop on this. Um, (laughs) Whereas after time passed and I kind of got addicted to the challenge of making Google Sheets do stuff it's not supposed to do. Like it's not built to be a resource creation uh, tool for teachers. Like it's not boom cards. It's not, um, you know, it's not this tool that you're using to create resources. And I, I really just liked the challenge of that. And, and the feedback that I was getting from teachers about the resources that I was making for it, just, it was the, some of the best feedback that I've ever gotten on TPT. It was like, if I asked my friend, Hey, write this is what I want you to write. And that's what they wrote on their feedback. And that's when I started to know like, Hey, this is something special. I need to just tackle this. And if you're out there and you're thinking like, I don't have my niche, I don't know how am I ever going to find my niche or get my niche? Just keep moving forward. Like Alyssa said, just keep taking those actionable steps forward. And, And someday it'll all just fall into place. Now that doesn't mean I can't, you can't sell some of the stuff that you used to sell, those resources are still in my TPT store and they're still selling. They're still bringing in um, money every month. So just keep taking those steps forward. I love that. And you know, before we uh, end our podcast episode that because you're in Teacher Hustle University, I have to ask, uh, what has your experience been like in, in the THU crew for anybody that's kind of been thinking about joining, but has been on the fence? So if you're on the fence, 
get off the fence, get get on the side that gets you into THU. Alyssa pays me a ton of money to say this. Well, no, that's the thing. <laughs> like, and I joke with Alyssa all the time because um, I'll show up for her anytime she needs us to say different things about THU. Her audience shows up for her. Like, if you see a teacher talking about THU in a Facebook group or on a podcast or something like that. They're talking about it because they want to talk about it. Okay. Alyssa doesn't have, she doesn't have affiliate links or anything like that for THU. We, we talk about it because we love it. It's, it's an awesome place to be. It has pushed me so much, especially with those show up and glow up challenges. Like they're super, they're super quick. You get on for an hour and Alyssa talks to you about different stuff and it's all actionable things that while she's talking or teaching us, we start thinking about things and, or at least me. And then I'm like, okay, I can run with this. Uh, let's do this. And overall, it's just such an amazing group of people. I joke all the time because there's not too many guys in the group. Uh, there's like three of us or something like that. And so, you know, it has like this, this mom group vibe, uh, which I love because I, I'm a middle school math teacher. Okay. I went to school for elementary education. I'm around women all day, every day. Like when my son was born, I, I knew like what was going to happen because the women at lunch would always tell me these things that I don't ever want to hear. Uh, so like th that, that community, it, it just puts me in a place where it's like, these are my people, you know, I might not be, I might not be the female or the mom or, you know, like I don't fit those ticks, but it's just such a great, great group of people. Um, and if you're a teacher, even if you're a guy, it's one of the best groups of just supportive people out there. You are the best. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And you're so right. The group, it's, it's hard to describe. They're just all positive, all supportive. And um, I have to give you credit because I went in the group and said, could anybody record a video testimonial for me? And you were like, yep, I will. And then afterwards you were like, I don't know if you're going to want to post that. It's it's not the best, but here you go. But just, I just appreciate all the support. And I know that after listening to this episode, um, there are going to be teachers that also want to connect with you and find out more about how they can start creating resources with Google Sheets and figuring out all of these different ways that they can create self-checking resources or just buy the ones that you already created if they don't want to. So can you tell them before we go where they can connect with you? Sure. So if they're looking to connect with me on Teachers Pay Teachers, it's one for the books. Um, and no, it's not reading resources. It's mainly math, but we got a lot of pixel art stuff and Google Sheets related stuff recently. Uh, it's a play on my on my last name, because uh, sometimes people are like, well, where did you come up with that name? You're a math teacher. Uh, so it's one for the books on Teachers Pay Teachers. And then if you're a teacher or a teacher author looking to get into pixel art, the main place you want to go to connect with me is actually to my website. And it's one hyphen four hyphen the hyphen books dot com slash challenge. And that's to get into my 10 minute pixel art challenge. Yeah, that's honestly all it'll take you. I promise you, you can come out with a 10 question resource with your own image that you create with my template after you take the 10 minute pixel art challenge. So if that's something that interests you, definitely head there. And lastly, you can connect with me at teach one for the books on Instagram. 
I don't have a huge following over there. I'd love to have you join. And I really enjoy connecting uh, through direct message. I like that one-on-one conversational feel with teachers. And you've got a lot of great quick tutorials on there too, which I was going to tell you after the podcast, but I'll tell you publicly too. I think you need to do lots and lots of those. (laughs) Get on reels. It's so popular right now with the reach that I think that, and with the tutorials that you do, I think that'll be really great. But I love that you love to connect with people in the DMs because that just shows how genuine you are and willing to help. And I know there are some teachers on here that are like, "Hmm, maybe I can do that because it's such a unique way to engage with kids during this time. So really relevant. And thank you so much for being here, sharing your story openly with us from the very beginning. I know it's going to encourage some listeners who are just starting out and worried about what this might look like for them. So thank you for giving them the reassurance and sharing your awesome idea with us. And just thank you for being here. Thanks so much, Alyssa. I had a great time. I cannot thank you enough for all that you've done inside THU and to help and support me on this crazy journey. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a creative educator who is wanting to start their business online. Maybe you have started your business, but you can't gain any traction because as soon as you take one step forward, there are a million more things you're supposed to be doing like blogging or podcasting, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Maybe you've heard all the marketing podcasts, but there's so much conflicting information. You just want the roadmap to success. I know sometimes it feels like the big name marketing experts don't understand our lives as teachers. You might be worried you're going to spend all your time and money on creating your online business, or maybe you already have spent tons of time and money and no one is going to show up to buy the thing you have to offer. And you're worried about how you're going to stand out among the rest. If you don't want a degree in marketing, but you want to inspire other teachers and you want to stand out among the rest and create a voice and share your thoughts and ideas and bring in some money, but it all feels a little overwhelming. I have good news for you. You are exactly where you need to be. You have everything you need to share your passion and to make some serious cash in the process. I want to introduce my signature training for creative teachers like you. Teacher Hustle University, and you can get your hands on my step-by-step guide to designing an online business with a strategic, purposeful marketing plan. The Teacher Hustle University framework is your chance to build that solid foundation in marketing for your online business, to make a difference in classrooms around the world, to generate a steady monthly income, and to put it all on autopilot so you can enjoy life's moments. I teach you all of the pieces of the framework for Teacher Hustle University inside my free masterclass, which you can find at alissamcdonald.com slash masterclass.